Welcome to the Post Victory Formation Podcast. Tune in every week to hear Mike and Kyle's thoughts about the news around the league. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Post Victory Formation Podcast. It, we are recording on a Wednesday, one day prior to the NFL regular season kicking off with the Lions Chiefs. We will be talking about that game here shortly. But first, Mike, I'd, I'd like to talk about a bag alert that we had today for San Francisco 49er Nick Bosa becoming the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. Five years, $170 million extension, 122 guaranteed. Mike, this is something that the 49ers had to get done. There's there's no way they were going to not restructure, come up with a new deal for him. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the highest paid NFL athletes in general. And, I mean, he had the ACL tear in week two of the 2020 season. And then that kept him out, you know, out. And then to come back to get his first all-pro selection and defensive player of the year in the 2022 honors. And, you know, just since the ACL at 34 sacks, 40 tackles, and six forced fumbles over the last two years is crazy. Yeah, it's after that ACL tear, it's like they uh they put a little uranium in there or something and he became like a Marvel character. <laughs> yeah. And he's been he's been just flying all over the field. Now that being said, I love this contract. I mean, Bose is twenty five right now, turning twenty six here next month. But this contract bodes nicely. He's gonna be paid until he's thir- it'll be thirty one by the time this deal's up. Some defensive players have shown that they, you know, you know, I'm not big on signing guys after they're 30, but with Bosa, I think this works out well because even if he's starting to decline a little at that point, he's still going to be a staple of the 49er defense. So I, I just think the timing of this contract is right and, this is why the 49ers continue to be a, a winning organization. It's making savvy moves like this, acknowledging, hey, we don't want this guy to go anywhere and lock them down for the next five years. Yeah, they gave him the bag. He's a dog. He's fucking rich now, forever. I think it was a good contract. Keeps a good edge for the 49ers. I mean, keep the key spots in. And look at what they're doing. Yep. They got Even a if it's one guy at each paying. key spot. Yeah, they're they're pay they got a quarterback who they're paying in in pennies so they can afford to do these type of moves. Now, Mike, you, you touched on his stats. He had the he had the injury in 2020. 2019, 16 games played, obviously. And 47 total tackles, 32 solo. Then we bump it up to the 17-game season. He has 52 total tackles and then 51 last year. You think he breaks 50 again this year? Oh, yeah. Especially, I mean, 
I'd like to think yes, but sometimes the bigger contracts kind of uh, the guys like, well, I got the money. I'm locked in for five years. Now I can kind of taper off a little bit, keep my numbers up to where I'm still relevant. And I don't need to keep screaming at trying to get this contract. <laughs> see, I don't think, see, I, I don't think Bosa is going to get I don't fast, think he's geared though. like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I, but it does happen. It does. You're right. But especially with having to play the Cardinals twice a year and the Rams aren't looking too hot here going into the season, Cooper Cup being out. And see, he's going to have, he, he He's going to have more opportunities to really, in those four games, pad some stats. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just love that you brought up the Cardinals really quick because I do play them twice. And CBS came out with their, you know, their, um, what was the link I sent you, Kyle? It was the um, power rankings. Power rankings. The CBS yep. power rankings. Cardinals are ranked dead last. I believe it. And this is something... I wanted to touch on in the last episode. We just, we didn't have time. So we'll hit, we'll hit on it now. I know we didn't bring this up in the opener, but we'll bring it up now. Mike, I've seen a lot of bad football in my time on this earth, but the, the roster that the 49ers are roll or the, I'm sorry, the Cardinals are rolling out this year. Who Josh Dobbs. The, the roster <laughs> as a whole, yeah, Mike. It's abysmal. This is a this is a USFL team rolling out onto the field. And I will call myself out because earlier in our podcast, it was towards the end of last season. I said the yeah, Cardinals, the Cardinals are going to be decently competitive or decent competitors. And Kyle wanted wrong. to smoke me over the face with a folding chair. Yep. And I was wrong, and I deserve to get hit over the face with a folding chair because, yes, I could probably pin them against Michigan State and win. Right. And they still haven't announced the starter. They got Josh Jobs, and they've got Clayton Toon, a rookie I'm that they drafted this year. I'm 100% sure they just announced the starter. Yeah, um, Josh no. Dobbs is... Jo- okay, he's expected to start. I'm sorry. Yeah, Josh Dobbs is expected, expected to, start. to start. Yes, but man, I, you know, things were going south, and that they were going full blown tank for Caleb Williams when they released Colt McCoy. And I understand it because they can position themselves with have the number one overall. They could potentially have the number one overall pick and the number two overall pick something we have not seen before. So it's dumb though. You had Colt McCoy. I'm not saying he's God's gift of football, but I mean, I think he's better than Josh Dobbs. Well, ex- exactly. I think the Colt, I think the Colt, I think the Cardinals are, doing everything they can to ensure that they're not going to win more than two or three games. Cause Colt McCoy, he'll, you know, he'll keep you in some games. He's not, he's not a, you know, 17 game NFL starter, but I mean, me and you both, we, we love Colt McCoy and he'll, he'll get you in some games, but I just think the Cardinals acknowledge that and be like, Hey, this guy, he's, you know, we might accidentally win five, six games with this guy. And that just cannot happen. So they're just, they're really, they're mailing it in this year. And I understand it. And 
you know, the value. I don't understand it. Caleb Williams is a hot commodity coming out of USC. Like right now, between him or uh, Drake May at North Carolina, those are the the two projected guys. And with Kyler's relationship being so rocky, I know that the contract is just insurmountable, but I could see the Cardinals drafting either A, they draft a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, roll out Kyler next year and play him, and then release Kyler. And yeah, it'll still be a financial albatross, but it won't be as bad as if they released him up to this point. Or they leverage they leverage that number one and number two pick and trade it for even more picks and just, you know, play the game that way. I think it's a piss poor attitude to have. I don't understand it. I think it's dumb because then you got teams over here like the Broncos. Sean Payton's telling uh, your boy, Team 3 over there, to quit trying to kiss babies and do his damn job that people just want to win that bad, which I'm sure you heard that article, right? I did. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. People want to win that bad. And all these teams and even the Texans last year with Lovey Smith as his last, uh, hoorah because he knew he was out the door. Just like we're pulling in one more win. And. Well, that's, that's exactly that's see, but again, that's exactly why they released Colt McCoy. They're, they're just, there's going to be, okay, so let me, let me put it to you this way. We're going to cross, cross sports here. So the NBA, our beloved Detroit Pistons, oh, one of the God. most terrible franchises in all of sports currently. Mike, they'll go out on a night to night basis and they'll try, but the players just aren't any good. And yeah, there's pride there. And that being said, Cardinals see Colt McCoy, you know, all these guys, they want to win. You, Nobody goes out on the field openly like, yeah, we're, we're going out to lose. It's just Cardinals management is taking players that they know are, you know, not NFL starters and rolling them out as NFL starters just to ensure the best possibility to get better talent to build for the future it's not there it's they're just essentially it's an insurance policy that hey we are not going to win these games well let's talk about a team that you think is going to win games hold on mike i want to i just just for fun here i want to look at the depth chart on the cardinals and i just the names so the only household names that you'll see playing for the Cardinals, you got James Conner. Hollywood Brown is questionable to play. He's questionable as a starter anyways. Yep. Zach Ertz, he's also questionable to play. Like most of these other people are people I have never heard of. You got Prater's still on the team. <laughs> that's well, about it mike if you look a 62 at, if, year old dinosaur if you look at this roster it's like who who are these people yeah i i see your point i just 
Well, I'm going to start crying if we keep talking about the Cardinals. We got to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, we know who's getting the number one overall pick. It's just going to be, it's going to be a fight for that number two pick and shoot. The Cardinals might have a stranglehold on that. Thanks to the Texans. So we'll see. So speaking of a team that used to be the Cardinals and aren't anymore, the Detroit Lions. Yes, we have got our season opener tomorrow night, Cardinals-Chiefs. Mike, the line on this game most of the week has been around six. And it's shifted. And it's down to minus four and a half. Chiefs favored. The big story, Travis Kelsey, he's questionable for the opener. Looks like his ACL is intact, according to a team source. And they just got to let the the swelling and the inflammation go down so they can get, get a better look at what's going on. Kyle. Mike, let me ask you that. I'm going to ask you the first me. question here, Mike. If Travis Kelsey doesn't play, is this, is this, uh, is this an automatic win for the lions in your mind? No, because Kelsey, it's, it's not, but Kelsey's okay. not even the Kelsey's not even the player I'm worried about. If I'm a Lions fan, I'm worried about if Kansas City can put the pocketbook away on Chris Jones for one more day. Yep. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. They make it work with their receivers they have. Yes, Travis Kelsey is an amazing tight end, but they will find somebody else to throw the ball to. I'm worried about somebody coming off that end. And Chris Jones, if the, the, he could still, he's still eligible. He, he can is. still walk in there and play if they sign him to a contract. Yeah. And he, the, the Chiefs defense is not very good when Chris Jones is not on the field. Agreed. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the number. I'm trying to pull up the numbers here, but I, I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, because I think the Chris Jones situation is bigger than Travis Kelsey. Now, Kelsey, he is a fabulous player. Don't get me wrong. And he is the Chiefs number one receiver, despite being a tight end. But we've seen, like you've said, we've seen Mahomes do it before with a rag with a ragtag cast of characters get the job done. So I think. The, um, the Lions aren't winning. They don't cover the spread. But they're close. I think even, w- even with it four and a half right now. Yeah, it's going to be seven. They're going to lose by at least a touchdown. Okay, see. I don't and, agree with you, Mike. And, and I, I want them to I, succeed. I'm going to I'm going to pull a you. And I'm I'm going off emotion here, but I do I do honestly think that the Lions have a good shot to win this game. They do, but you're out because. Well, no, let's look at look at it this way, Mike. One thing that a lot of people aren't talking about, and it's kind of been forgotten this off season, is the fact that Eric Bieniemy is no longer there as OC. They're breaking in a they're breaking in a different OC. That's fine because you still got Andy Reid. That's true. We're gonna see if if Andy Reid was the uh, the stir that straw the drink 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. The straw that stirred the drink. There you go. Or if maybe Eric Bieniemy had something because Mike, you want to know who the new offensive coordinator is? I know who it is. I just can't remember his name. Former Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy. Oh, that's right. Okay, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't think he's t- Nagy sucks ass as a head coach. But I'm not going to totally park him in the back seat as an offensive coach. Okay. You think there's life there still? I think there's life there. Hey, bro, you were good at this. Let's go offensive coach. Take some weight off your shoulders, grow some hair back, and come over here. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you still got Pat Mahomes. You got a decent wide receiver core. You got Travis. You got players on the field that are noticing things and is like, hey, we're going to change this up. Man, what do you think? You're just going to sit there and tell like Pat Mahomes, no, you're dumb. Kind of like an Aaron Rodgers situation, Tom Brady, whatever. So, so, so. No, they got players that are good enough to kind of cover the slack of an offensive coach. Yeah, see, with me and the Lions, this is the first time the Lions' offensive line has been healthy. You know, we've we've they've been drafting pieces, but at one point or another, all of them have been hurt. This is the first. Uh, this is the first time we get to see that entire front five play is a unit. So you've got Vitae back from injury after missing all of last year. Frank Ragnow, Jonah Jackson, Taylor Decker, Panay Sewell. That is a stout, stout front. Oh, yeah. And you pair that with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. So you know Gibbs is gonna you know Gibbs is gonna be taking uh catches out of the backfield. I heard that he might not be. No, he. That's... I heard that there might start out the first couple games as a feeler and roll them out slow and be hitting David Montgomery. And I think if you do that, that's a mistake. But I'm not an offensive coach. I or, think or that's. Uh, I think that's a little smoke and mirrors. That now this could work for them. It could work against them. But the, none of the Lions starters played at all during the pre- the preseason. They were only. They only saw live fire against the. Uh, in the joint practices with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Giants. So there's a little, you know, mystery element there. That being said, 49ers are going to, or I'm sorry, the Chiefs are going to be getting their Super Bowl rings. They're going to be fat and sassy. And this is a game I feel, you know, Dan Campbell has said this, you know, this is a change, this is a change team. This is a changed organization. Look what we've been building. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. The Chiefs, Mike, we know they're going to be contending for another Super Bowl. Dan Campbell going to use this opportunity to be like, listen, boys, this is a Super Bowl team we're facing. If this is where we want to go, this is the level at which you got to play. And they'll either play up to that level or they won't. And they'll like lose. the Colorado but Buffaloes. You know, but you know what? Yes. But you know what? It's going to be a learning experience either way. And it's going to get it's going to show the Lions who they are slash where they need to go. So I look at it as kind of a free roll for the Lions. 
because they still are, you know, they're four point dogs right now. But Kyle. I just I just look at it as they're going to come in there with nothing to lose and see if they can go in there and steal one. We got a couple bets going here. Are you going to put your emotions on the line? Sure. Do they? You think they cover the spread? Lines cover, yes. I don't. Case of beer. Case done. Case of beer. Thirty rack. No, I want something good. I don't want. I don't okay, want. I want a thirty I don't want, rack. I want quantity over here. Okay, I want quality over here. So we'll discuss. We'll discuss that later. But lines cover the spread. I want the lines to win. I'm willing yeah, to buy oh, the beer. Oh, yeah. I do want them to win. Lions but, for sure cover. Ideally, they cover and just flat out win the game. Now, I got a quick question for you. I don't want to beat into it a little bit. I do want to touch on fantasy. I know I'm totally cutting this off, but this question's on my head and it won't go away. Okay, well, that's fine. We'll talk this and then we'll get into the picks. Yes. It's on the Medulla Oblongata over here, Kyle. Dalvin Cook or Brees Hall? What the hell's going on? I look at my fantasy the guy I'm playing this week has got Dalvin Cook, which is projected to do more. I know Brees Hall is kind of not doing the hottest. And this is in our league that we're in as well. Yep. Oh, boy. I I don't know where to go with it. Because Brees Hall is questionable, yes. And he was last year with what he did. Is he going to be the number one back or is he not? I or think, did I mess up? Because he is so good. I and think, I don't want to hear the shit that they're just holding them and keeping them better. I think they. I, that's exactly what they're doing. I think they're not rushing it. Well, is it going to be gonna, all year, or is it going to be? I think it'll be split. Quarter. I think it's going to. You're going to see it all said and done. It's going to be a 50-50 split between Dalvin and Brees Hall. So early on, yeah, I'm probably not playing Brees Hall. But as the season goes on and the Jets offense, you know, we get a better idea of what it is. I know they've got Aaron Rodgers and there's thoughts that he's going to return to MVP level Aaron Rodgers and be slinging the rock everywhere. I personally don't think that's going to be the case. So that being said, Brees Hall is going to get his looks, especially once he's healthy. And when they become more of a clock management type team, then that's really when you're going to start wanting to play Brees Hall. So week one opener. They play Buffalo. Now, here's yep. the second question. I also have A.J. Dillon on the bench. They play Chicago. Do I put A.J. in instead of Brees Hall? Yes. The other thing I went heavy with is draft pick. We talked about it. My boy, Jameer Gibbs, I know we just spoke on it. But, Kyle, as I was saying, I'm really worried. And I, I know you said it's smoke in the mirrors, but. I, do you think the Lions are going to roll out their mirrors. number one weapon and just start going at her? Yes. The Lions, especially with the Lions wide receiving core being slightly depleted with no Jamison Williams. You've got Amon Ra, you've got Marvin Jones, and you've got um, oh, Reynolds. That's they're going to need more help than that. So I do see them rolling out Jameer Gibbs more and David Montgomery just to kind of take some pressure off that receiving core. 
We've got Sam Laporte in there, tight end, rookie out of Iowa. He's going to be getting used to the games, the the pace of the NFL game. So I'm not sure I would rely too heavily on him as a, as a receiving target early on. So, yeah, I think Jameer is going to have a lot of opportunity to get some good looks. And I would for sure start Jameer. So if he was on my if he was on my league. Now, that being said, Mike, I'm going to ask you a fantasy question because I've got I've got an interesting uh, dilemma. I've got an interesting dilemma, and this is for the flat in the for the flex. Is this in our league? This is in our league. This is my team. We've got Sky Moore for the Chiefs. Yep. Taking on Detroit tomorrow night, obviously. We got Tyler Boyd for Cincinnati playing against the Browns. Oh man. I've got Sky Moore in there right now just because there's there's less there's less of a target share in Kansas City, I'm... especially with Travis Kelsey potentially being down. I'm thinking I just roll with Sky Moore and leave, and leave uh, Boyd on the bench this week. I'm taking Sky Moore. I'm looking at Boyd, though. It's hard, but listen to my argument. Whenever the Browns play Cleveland, it's always a shootout. I don't know why. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me, but it's always a shootout. So are they going to utilize Boyd in the slot? And then, if you think about it, what is Detroit? What is Detroit's best piece of the puzzle on their entire team that is made up of fucking? I'd say their offensive. I'd say their offensive line. See, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go ahead and say their cornerbacks and safeties right now. You think? Well, see, in theory, you are correct. In theory, but we don't yes. know yet. We know the names are there. We know the talents there, but we don't know. You know. We don't know the scheme yet. We don't know the chemistry. So I will. Mike, I was also just I was also just fact checking you when it comes to Cleveland and Cincinnati. And Cleveland has had their number the past few years. Holy Toledo. That's what and I'm it's saying, never a shootout. It's Cleveland. Just it's it's Cleveland scoring all the points and not Cincinnati. So didn't the Bengals win last year? Maybe not. They, Maybe I'm tripping. They split last year. Okay. Yeah, they split last year. It was 32-13. Uh, that was a Monday night game. I remember that game. And then uh, it was a 23-10 game. But the previous season in 2021, Cleveland put up 42 on them both times. That is true. They put, it up, they put up uh, 41 and 21. I'm sorry. So... Anyways, so Mike, we've already talked about the season opener, Detroit, Kansas City. You have Kansas City winning and covering. I've got Detroit covering, covering the spread. I've got Detroit covering the spread. You have Kansas City covering. Let's move on to a couple other games taking place on Sunday and Monday. What are your so, games? First game. Let's go a bitter, bitter rivalry taking place at likely rainy and 55 degree Soldier Field. Green Bay going to Chicago. 
This is a 425 kick. And the Bears are actually favored right now by a point. We've got the Jordan Love era starting in Green Bay. We've got the Justin Fields era trying to get some legs and having him show that he's just as explosive as last year. How do you see this one going, Mike? You think your Packers got this one covered? We still own the Bears. I don't even need to go on anymore with this. Okay, you're not worried about you're not worried about Justin Fields and new newly acquired DJ Moore. Nope. Not even worried. Packers okay. are taking it. That's not even emotion. That was one of my top games as well. Not emotion going there. Packers take it. Yeah, I'm gonna too many be... Packers players go to that game also. It's like home field advantage still. Yeah, Packer fans. Yeah, I'm gonna be interested to see if Justin Fields can kind of take that next step. He had a lot of pressure on him last year as being pretty much the lone source of offense for the team. Uh, the Bears have given him some more weapons. The offensive line is still very suspect, but DJ Moore coming in there, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool. There was some questions whether Claypool is going to be there or not. He is going to be starting. Uh, Cole Komet, nice season last year. Let's see if he can take that next step as a tight end. And then on the other side of the ball, Jordan Love is is Jordan Love now seeing his first regular season action in a very hostile environment. With a lot of weight on his shoulders as well. A lot of weight on his shoulders, but you'll compare the two rosters. The Packers have the better roster. I think the Packers going to Chicago, and I think it's close. I, I, the, it's a point spread for a reason. I could see this being a 28-27 type game, but I think the Packers end up taking it as well. Yeah, I think we're starting out 1-0. Game number two or I'm sorry, game number three that we'll be picking. Let's head to MetLife Stadium, Sunday night football. You've got America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, taking on the New York football Giants, two playoff teams from last year. Cowboys go into MetLife three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, new look offense, no more Kellen Moore for the Cowboys. New York, Saquon is back. Danny Dimes is back. Not much else to speak of on offense. Mike, I, I, I think Dallas comes in here and rolls. Oh, I hate to agree with you, but yep. Cowboys is going to go in there. CD Lamb's getting two touchdowns. Tony Pollard's rushing for at least 80 yards. No, you know, CD Lamb's going to get one touchdown and at least 60 yards receiving. And then Tony Pollard's going to go in there and get a touchdown, at least 80 yards rushing. You guys can put that on a parlay bet. Put Cowboys win. Three leg parlay. There's some money for you folks. You know, that's actually, that's not a bad parlay. I do like that one, actually. So Dallas, we both agree. Dallas goes in, take care of business, they cover. Let's move on to 
one of the more interesting games of the week, I think. San Francisco rolls into Pittsburgh, taking on the Steelers. Brock Purdy versus Kenny Pickett. 49ers are a two-and-a-half-point favorite rolling into Pittsburgh. We know Mike Tomlin. All he knows how to do is keep that team above 500. You can't be 0-1, Mike, if you're Mike Tomlin. He just doesn't allow it. He, he They always somehow manage a winning record. Do you think uh, the Steelers can defend their home turf here? Do you think the 49ers are just too much for them? The Steelers can. It's going to be a close game. Brock Purdy's coming off his injury. I still think Brock Purdy is going to be a great, great quarterback. He's just too humble to everything. Back of radar. I think he's just consistently trying to be better every day. They have the they have the talent. The only way the Steelers are winning is if they got Deontay Johnson rolling and Najee Harris. Yeah, it needs to be a low scoring affair. Pittsburgh needs to just. Pittsburgh honestly needs to out 49er, the 49ers. They need to control the time of possession. They've got to limit the amount of times the 49ers offense takes the field. And they've got to do something to stop newly paid Nick Bosa. But yeah, I agree 100%. It's got to be Najee Harris pounding the rock opening up that play action for Deontay Johnson, not not having Kenny Pickett stand in the pocket and pick the 49er defense apart because I feel like that's a recipe for disaster. And yeah, I think... I think the Steelers eke this one out and just escape with like a call it like a 24-21 type game. I think one of those touchdowns could could come in the form of from the uh, I'm sorry, it could come from the defense, maybe picking off a, a shaky Brock Purdy to start. But Kyle. yeah, I think I think the Steelers are are going to pull the upset on the 49ers this week. Kyle, you're wrong. I've been wrong before. Brock Purdy's going to come in there and keep a story rolling and he's going to give Mr. Tomlin, that uh, less than 500 record here. Unheard of. Unspeakable. It's going to happen. All right. Well, we had to, we've agreed on two. We've disagreed on two. Let's go to the final game of the week and the final game that we will be picking. You already know what it is. It's Joe Buck. It's Troy Aikman. Monday night in MetLife. Buffalo. Rolling into town to play the new look New York Jets. Bills are favored by two and a half. Mike, it's your former Lord and Savior. We talked about the running back situation at New York. We know what Buffalo is all about. How do you see this one playing out? Um, I think the Bills are going to take it. I, the Jets, I think, are going to have a little rough uh, first couple games at it. Kind of getting used to the superpower of a team that they have that I still think is going to crumble. 
But I think the Bills are going to take it. The only way the Jets are going to take it is if Bills defense doesn't keep up. Like I oh I know that makes sense, but I'm saying like if they can stop Bills, I think have a great defense. But they need Josh Allen to make the the Jets need Josh Allen to make their his problems as well his picks. I think Josh Allen's going to be rolling in here. They're you know New York's got these teams that I think they want to keep the Bills want to keep the top of it. Aaron Rodgers is still getting used to these two running backs, his whole new team, Garrett Wilson, everything, everybody, head coach, stuff like that. He didn't even get over there till towards the end of the offseason. The Bills haven't added too many keys to the puzzle other than I think Dalton Kincaid was a perfect pickup. Right? Yeah, Dalton Kincaid, correct? Went to the Bills? Yep. Yep. I, I think the Bills' defense is too good, and I think it's going to pick up on the new team. And I wouldn't normally say this, and people might think, well, yeah, no shit. Of course the defense needs to be good. But they just added, the Jets added so many starters that no one's really played with each other. I know they added nine Packers starters. I understand they've played together, but they haven't played together in this setting. And I think it's going to be a little bit different team. If you're going to, if you were going to talk to me game two, game three about how the Bills and Jets were going to be, I'm going to tell you the Jets. But I think just coming out of the gate, I think the Bills are going to take this first game because they're still all used to playing with each other. Other than the couple rookies they've added, they have a lot of the key players that have still been there. Mike, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Josh Allen throws two interceptions. New York utilizes that run game. I agree with you. This team is not sustainable, but you know what? Jets get the job done on Monday Night Football. And that's all I got to say I'm about bills. that. So, with that being said, Mike and Kyle, Post Victory Formation Podcast, we're signing off. Be sure to give us a like, follow, subscribe, whatever other means of following you can do. Do that too. We will talk to you guys next week. Thank y'all.